Welcome to the Hardwick Evangelical Church Weekly Podcast. Good morning, everybody. We praise the Lord and thank him that he is always with us. And like Kate said, he has always been with us. I want to start by a prayer that is in Psalm 19 and verse 14. And may it be our prayer always. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Thank you, Father. So, last Sunday, we looked at some of the verses in the Old Testament which reveal God the Son appearing in the form of a man, speaking with man and helping him. And remember we said that no man can see God's face and live. We saw that in Exodus 33 and 20. We also read that Jesus clearly says he is the I am, the name revealed to Moses in Exodus 3 and 14. Jesus also says only he can reveal the Father to man. Now, I'm referring to things that we mentioned last week. So Jesus has always been the one who has spoken with man in a way that he can understand and see. He is Emmanuel, God with us. We read, or we read rather, that he appeared as a man to Abraham. He chatted and ate with him. Abraham said, I have seen God. He appeared to Hagar in her distress and comforted her. And she also cons- uh, confessed that she saw the God who saw her. Today, we shall continue with some more verses on this subject. So if you haven't heard last week's talk, which was basically part one, please listen to the podcast, as today it is part two. So... We go on to have a look at Jacob and his experiences with God. You can read the full story if you're not familiar with it or just for reminder. Um, Genesis 25 from verse 20 onwards. Jacob is the second son of Isaac and Rebekah. Esau was their firstborn. Jacob, with the help of his mum, tricked Isaac, his father in his old age, into giving Jacob the blessing of the firstborn, which of course belonged to Esau. As you can imagine, Esau was angry and he wanted to kill Jacob. So Jacob was sent away by his parents to save his life. He was sent to his uncle Laban and he was also told to find a wife from his own people because Esau had taken a Canaanite wife and his his parents were not happy about that. On his way, Jacob had a dream. He had a dream 
where the Lord spoke to him, told him that he was going to bless him and that he would be with him. The details of this dream you can find in Genesis 28, verses 10 to 22. Jacob woke out of his sleep and he said, the Lord is in this place. And he built an altar and called it Beth El, which means the house of God. We fast forward about 20 years and Jacob has been having a really hard time with his uncle Laban, who treated him very badly. And God speaks to Jacob and he tells him to leave and return to the land of his father. In Genesis 31 and verse 13, God is saying, I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar and where you vowed a vow unto me. Now arise, get out of this land and return to the land of your kindred. So here God confirms that he is the one who appeared and spoke to Jacob there at Bethel. Jacob sets off with all his family and possessions, but of course he is afraid of meeting up with his brother Esau. It's a long story, which you can read in these chapters. After Jacob has sent away his servants with gifts and possessions, he sent them ahead to meet his brother Esau to appease him. Then he also sent his family ahead and was left alone. (coughs) Jacob was alone and was probably praying as he had earlier in in, in chapter 32, verses 9 to 12, where he is asking God to help him. (coughs) Excuse me. And here the Bible says that a man wrestled with him until dawn. It's a really strange occasion. It's a really strange dream, we might say. But was it a dream? It says that he wrestled with him. So I believe it was a prayer. Genesis 32 and verses 24 to 31. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And Jacob said, and he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place, the name of the place, Peniel, meaning the face of God. And, and, God, and Jacob was saying in verse 30, uh, in this verse 30, he says, I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. 
And then verse 31 says, the sun rose upon him and he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Notice that Jacob, whose new name was Israel, is limping. I wonder, is that God making sure that Jacob doesn't think or wonder whether this was just a dream? God wanted him to know that he had really met God, who had appeared to him as a man. Um, Note, and this is a little digression, there is a lot to learn here about this prayer of Jacob's. I believe there's a lot to learn about prevailing and persevering in fervent prayer with the Lord. This prayer changed Jacob, not just a new name, but a new character. It's not our subject today, but it's good to have a good look at this prayer. We move on to the book of Exodus to see some more. Last week, we talked about God speaking to Moses from the burning bush, telling him that his name is I Am. And as we said, we also saw verses in the New Testament where Jesus says, he is, I am, the one who appeared to Abraham. And obviously the one who spoke with Moses. Then in Exodus 33 and verse 20, when Moses asks to see his glory, the Lord says, you cannot see my face and live. So something more must be meant here. Because if we back up to verse 11 of that chapter, chapter 33, verse 11, at the first part, it says, the Lord spoke with Moses face to face, just as a man speaks with his friend. The Lord said Moses could not see his face, his full glory perhaps, and live. So, but then we see that He uses human terms when he says to Moses, I will put you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand. When I pass by, I will take it away and then you will see my back. And the Lord did this for Moses and it's absolutely amazing. If you read it, Exodus 34 verses 5 to 8, the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. Then we read in Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse 10, no prophet has arisen again in Israel like Moses whom the Lord knew 
face to face. What a special relationship. Another interesting occasion which the Bible tells us is when Aaron, remember Moses' brother, his two sons and 70 elders went up with Moses and saw God. Now God had told Moses who to bring up with him on the mountain because it says in Exodus 24 and verse 9 to 11. Then Moses went up with Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and 70 of Israel's elders. They saw the God of Israel. Beneath his feet was something like a pavement made of sapphire stone, as clear as the sky itself. And verse 11 says, God did not, did not harm the Israelite nobles, meaning they didn't die. They saw him and they ate and drank. Interesting. The Lord God had said to the Israelites that he would, when he rescued them from Egypt, that he would go with them and lead them. And he was with them. He was in the cloud by day and in the pillar of fire by night. He rescued them, protected them, fed them, provided and looked after them in every way. They all heard his voice from the mountain. But not everyone saw him, but some did. Next, we will take a look at Joshua. Joshua was, we could say, Moses' right-hand man. He was always by his side. Joshua believed God, and God chose Joshua to lead the Israelites into the Promised Land after Moses died. In Joshua chapter 1, the Lord speaks to Joshua and he gives him instructions, promising to be with him as he was with Moses. And this is a lovely verse that is quoted in the New Testament in Hebrews 13.5. I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Beautiful promise, which many of us claim to this day. Joshua 5, chapter 5, and verses 13 to 15, says, When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his, sword, with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. The Lord God appeared to Joshua, and Joshua... When he got close, it looks like he recognized him. He had seen him on the mountain with Moses. Joshua fell to the ground and did worship. <clears throat> In 
in verse 14, it says, Joshua fell to the ground and did worship. The place you are standing on is holy. If he had been just an angel, he would not have accepted worship. Moving on to Judges chapter 6, we read that the children of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, so he allowed their enemies to come. The Midianites and other enemy tribes came up against them. They stole their crops and their cattle. So the Israelites cried out unto the Lord. In verse 11, we read of a man called Gideon, who was threshing wheat, secretly, threshing wheat, sorry, threshing wheat, secretly, or he may have been threshing it in anger. <laughs> he was threshing wheat secretly so that the enemy would not steal it. You know, they were taking everything and they were, the Israelites were hungry, basically, and they were totally impoverished. Judges 6 and verse 12 says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Gideon says, If the Lord is with us, how come our enemies overpowering us? So they have this conversation where the Lord tells him that he shall send him to rescue Israel from their, from their enemy. When Gideon makes an offering to him and sees what happened, he realized whose presence he was with and was afraid. In verse 22 and 23, Gideon says, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace be to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Next in the book of Judges, in chapter 13, we read that the Israelites had done what was evil in the sight of the Lord again. And so they were suffering under another enemy, the Philistines. We also see that the Lord, in his compassion and love for his people, is preparing to bring someone to deliver them again. We now meet Manoah and his wife, who was barren. Judges 13 and verse 3 says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and have not borne children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. And he goes on to give her instructions to be very careful because this son was going to be special to God and that he would deliver them from the Philistines. This son, of course, is Samson, if you remember. When she comes to tell her husband she says, a man of God came to me. Manoah prayed to the Lord, let the man of God you sent to my wife come again. I guess Manoah was a bit curious. Well, God listened to Manoah and the angel of the Lord came again to the woman. But her husband was not there. So she ran and fetched him. I think there's a little bit of humor in this story. Manoah prays and asks for the man who spoke to his wife 
and God listened to his prayer and he sent him to the woman. And he wasn't there. <laughs> so she goes and fetches him. Then Manoah has a conversation with this man, checking out, it seems, what his wife had told him. Manoah asks that he stays a while so that they can prepare some food for him. He says he will not eat the food, but they can offer it as a sacrifice to the Lord. Judges 13, verses 17 to 18. And Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, what is your name? so that when your words come true, we might honor you. And the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? In Isaiah 9 and 6, when he's speaking about the Christ who is coming, Isaiah says, his name shall be called Wonderful and the rest of the names you remember. Interesting? I think so. So when this angel of the Lord disappears into the fire of the sacrifice, Manoah is afraid. And in verse 22, he said to his wife, we shall surely die, for we have seen God. In verse 23, his wife said to him, if the Lord had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and the grain offering at our hands, or shown us all these things, or now announced to us such things as these. Some words of wisdom from Manoah's wife. Angels didn't accept worship. Angels didn't accept, they weren't allowed to. They didn't accept sacrifices. Of course, there are more verses in the Old Testament where we can find the Lord appearing as a man, speaking and comforting men and women. This is not an exhaustive study. But for us, the best, of course, is that he came and lived with us and suffered and paid the price for our sin so that now we can have communion with him all the time and not just on occasional appearances. And John tells us that one day we shall see him as he is. In the first letter of John, chapter three and verse two, beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. Amen. Not that we can understand how this shall be, but we believe, because that's what the Lord says. Thank you, Father. May the Lord God, Jesus Christ, our Saviour, help each one of us to see more of him in our lives. And may we give him all the glory that he, the almighty God, the Alpha and the Omega deserves. Amen. Thank you, Lord. For more information about Hardwick Evangelical Church, please click the website link in our bio.